This is the Holy Gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ according to Luke. Glory to you, Lord Christ. After this, Jesus said, and he went ahead, going up to Jerusalem, he approached Bethany at the hill called the Mount of Olives. He sent two of his disciples, saying to them, Go to the village ahead of you, and as you enter it, you will find a coat tied there, which no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, Why are you untying it? Say, The Lord needs it. Those who were sent ahead went and found it, just as he had told them. And as they were untying the coat, the owners said, Why are you untying the coat? And they replied, the Lord needs it. They brought it to Jesus, threw their cloaks on the colt, and put Jesus on it. And as he went along, people spread their cloaks on the road. And when they came near the place where the road goes down to the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in loud voices for all the miracles they had seen, saying, Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the heights. And some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. I tell you, Jesus said, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. This is the beginning as we know of Holy Week, tomorrow at least, on Palm Sunday, is the beginning, and it's the last week in the season of Lent. It's the sixth week. And it is that very special week in which we, at least as Episcopalians, we walk together on the road to the cross, leading, of course, to that very wonderful day of Resurrection Sunday, on Easter Day. But I'd like for us to think together a little bit about this week, this Holy Week we're about to get to, and remember what each day means to us and our hearts. As you just heard, the crowds, and we're going to come undoubtedly down the aisle of our churches with palm branches, and we will be waving them just as the crowd did in celebration of Jesus' arrival in Jerusalem. The only time I think he was in Jerusalem for the temple was when he was a little boy, 12 or 13, talking to the priests and teachers of Scripture, asking questions of them. But I believe the rest of the time he did his miracles in small villages surrounding Jerusalem and up in the northern part of Israel's nation. But he said to his disciples, a prophet must go to Jerusalem. And his disciples tried to discourage him. They told him, don't go, please don't go. We know that's dangerous. And Jesus said, no, I will go. I must go. He didn't come on a white stallion horse as a ruler might come, came on colt. Actually, the other gospel writers say a donkey. He came in a very humble way and got his disciples, those who had been following along with him, 
grabbed up branches and threw their cloak down for him and celebrated Jesus' arrival. Perhaps in their mind they thought he might become the ruler of Israel. Maybe something miraculous would happen as it had in all those little villages. Jesus, on Monday, after the Sunday uh, arrival with the palm branches and celebration, the very next day he goes in the temple and cleanses it. Tells them they're robbers. They're a den of thieves. Not exactly a way to endear people to you, at least not the leaders. That was our Lord. On Wednesday of that week, well, on Tuesday, actually what happened, he went to the home of Mary and the Martha, and she, he, was, he was blessed by them. They like anointed her. Him. They anointed our Lord. And then on Wednesday, it's actually called Spy Wednesday. It's called that because that's the day we remember that Judas went to the temple, to the priests, and said he would reveal Jesus to them, identify him, and he received his 30 shekels of silver. On Thursday, it's Monday, Thursday, we call it, and it's a very special day. It's, it's the day that was the initiation of Holy Eucharist that we celebrate every Sunday. It was the first time it had been done with the 12 disciples in such a way that it's been depicted in paintings of all sorts by every major painter, I think, in, in the past. They wanted to paint that picture. And we remember that's when, <clears throat> at the right moment, Judas got up and left, left the table after receiving the bread and the wine. And Jesus, that night, washed the feet of his disciples. It must have been very humbling for them to have their Lord wash their feet. But that was our Lord. He came in a humble way into Jerusalem. He came as he always did. And on that night, that very special night, the soldiers came in. Judas kissed our Lord on the cheek, as you remember, and they took him to Caiaphas' house. If you ever go to Jerusalem, be sure you go to Caiaphas' house. There is a brown opening in the floor in the middle of the home. And normally, a big vase is placed over it with, with plants, and the reason is they let the serious criminals, at least the ones identified to be punished by Caiaphas, the high priest, they put them in the bottom of the pit. It must be 20 feet deep. You can go see it. They've even made a, a walkway so you can walk down to the bottom. And on the way down, we read Psalm 32, which really lets you feel the presence of the grief and of the abandonment our Lord must have felt at the bottom of the pit. They dropped them down with a rope under their arms and then pulled the rope out so that if anyone had come in and knew to move the pot, they, they would have to have brought a rope or something to get our Lord out, but that didn't happen. Good Friday, 
Why would we call it Good Friday? I think we know it was the day our Lord suffered on the cross. We call it a Good Friday. It was the day our Lord on the cross said seven words. We call it seven words or actually seven sayings. And when my wife Pat and I were in Austin, Texas, our first uh, time at St. Matthew's and I was a priest and she was on the staff and the rector assigned us those seven words and each one of us was assigned one path chose the, the fourth one I believe it was because it was about Mary where Jesus said to Mary woman this is your son talking about John John, this is your mother. And we, we spoke for maybe 15 minutes on each one of those things. And that's sort of a tradition in many churches. Not only that, to do this, the Stations of the Cross. Many of churches do that on, on, on Friday, Good Friday. And in those words, if I can remember them, the first one our Lord said was, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And we ourselves ask for forgiveness of our Lord all the time. Perhaps you have this morning, this afternoon, maybe we will tonight. For we know our need before our Lord. Father, forgive them for they know what they do. The second one was to the two thieves on the side, or at least to one thief who said to Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And he said, this day you will be in the kingdom with me. Among the other words was one that where Jesus in the, near the end said, it is finished. It is believed in that church historically that on that moment, in that moment, Jesus took all of the pain, all of the suffering, all that you and I experience as human beings onto himself and bore it. And the last word was I give to the Lord, I commend my spirit unto you. He also said one other thing that was puzzling to many people. He said to God, why hast thou forsaken me? It's from a Psalm, Psalm 26, I believe. Why hast thou forsaken me? And we believe it was because all of the sin of the world came upon our Lord. The tradition of the church has believed. And then it's Holy Saturday. Our Lord is at three o'clock in the morning, evening on, on Friday, it's believed he died. The side was pierced and he was taken down from the cross and taken to that tomb, we remember. The stone was rolled over, it was sealed. On Saturday, Holy Saturday, the Lord was 
By the way, it's often called rest Saturday. Our Lord was resting in a tomb as each one of us will one day. And then the glory. Well, Saturday night in most churches, many churches, let me put it that way, we have the Easter vigil, long service where we remember scripture from the beginning. It usually begins with a pounding on the door. And the door is open to the church and the rector walks in and says, Christ is the light, as loud as he can, three times, and candles are lit, and we celebrate Easter early if you go on Easter vigil. And then the Sunday morning will glory of that day. With beautiful music, always. We may even put our guitars up. We'll play the organ. We play. We may have an orchestra, usually, and we celebrate the resurrection of our Lord. I have one final thought. Pat and I were in Key Biscayne Presbyterian Church during my training in plastic surgery. I have brought with me Peter Holm, Dr. Peter Holm from Denmark. I told him everybody in America goes to church in East he wanted to come. Church was packed. There was an orchestra. Choir was singing glory. His eyes got big. And the sermon was this, and I'll close with this. The pastor said, Dr. Brown, Brother Brown, said, his words were this. His words were, 2,000 years ago, a dead man came alive. And how you perceive that historical fact will have an eternal significance. Peter Holmes asked for that big, and as I drove him home that day, he said in the car, I've learned a lot today. And then he told me, in the Second World War, my father was in a building. A bomb hit the top of the building and an iron girder came down. He screamed out, he said, Jesus. And the girder stopped a few inches above his head. And he said, my daddy always said, God saved him. And he looked at me and said, I've never told anybody that before. Easter today, New awakenings, new things happen. And this is Holy Week, and we're going to enter tomorrow.